clear your mind and climb the tower. Hi everyone, this is Rowan Odom. Today, we're pleased to showcase The Tower, an ambient, experimental audio fiction which combines a concept album and the mystery and drama of a young woman's journey of self-discovery. Join Kiri as she forsakes the hustle and bustle of the modern world and ascends a seemingly infinite tower. Along the way, she will witness sights and sounds which will challenge her very being and have deeply personal conversations with friends and family on oddly convenient phones left on the tower. Immersive and contemplative, the tower lays out an experience that is touching and dramatic in turn, inspired by the works of Ryuichi Sakamoto and evoking introspective adventures like Celeste. You can find The Tower wherever you get your podcasts, or as an ad-free album on their Bandcamp, tincanaudio.bandcamp.com. Part 1, 2, and 3 are available now, with Part 4 coming soon. Hello, I'm Cody Michael Carmichael, and you're about to be listening to the amazing podcast Syntax, which probably means you're smart, charming, and have great taste. And maybe you're interested in scientists discovering and doing cool things, or you'd like to be one. If that's the case, you should come check out BroadlyEpi.com, where I teach the science of epidemiology, programming, provide summaries of the most recent research, have some software tools available, and a lot more. If you're interested in renting a scientist, well, we have that option too. BroadlyEpi.com, epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello listeners, this is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription, and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Hi everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase The White Vault, a horror podcast set in the frigid darkness of the Arctic Circle. Follow the adventures of an international rescue and repair team investigating a mysterious signal while navigating the treacherous nature of the polar nightmare they find themselves in. Worst of all, they find they may not be as isolated as they think. Fans of Syntax will love this indie series created by a two-person team. The show balances fictional elements with painstaking scientific, linguistic, oral, and cultural precision and details. The science team hail from all across the globe, a multilingual and multidisciplinary team dealing with their findings as best they can. Filled with masterly crafted foley that places you in the moment with polar bears, howling icy winds, and more. 
Find The White Vault however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at thewhitevault.com. Subscribe now and delve the waiting horrors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I remember the blood pumping when the hunt begins. hoped Mrs. Dawson would be making the rounds again. She would have loved to hear about today. Still, I want to get this recorded while my memory is still fresh. May as well start now, then. I wonder if I'll ever get the chance to peruse some of the recordings I've made for Vincula thus far. As it is, I never get the chance to speak with anyone outside the labs here about our explorations, thanks to Vincula's blackout on comms. I suppose I understand how momentous the breach is, and how disastrous it could be if sightseers ran into the breach unprepared. But for how excited they seem to be to explore the world on the other side of the breach, they aren't very keen on the sharing of information. All the more reason for me to make these personal logs. It's beginning to dawn on me just how groundbreaking this discovery could be. Alex still can't make heads or tails out of where the breaches there is, but it's looking like less of a possibility to be on Earth. It sounds so ridiculous to even suggest we might have a... a wormhole, I guess? But it's looking more likely. There aren't many places left on Earth where a satellite couldn't be traced at all, and Vincula gave us some very expensive equipment to try and find out more, to no avail. It's been nice having some academics around. I'm no longer alone to ponder such questions regarding these recent happenings. This is now a serious, scientific endeavor. Which brings me to today's little jaunt out in the breach forest. Yo, Silas. Cassius! What on earth are they doing walking around? Hello? Aren't you supposed to be on bed rest, Cassius? Oh, hold on, I'm coming. Stick them up. It's actually the book police. 
We've got a tip about a stolen novel ripped straight off the arm of some poor bendy boy. First of all, aren't you supposed to be off your feet for at least a day or two? Secondly, you've got the wrong person. Miss Vo has what you want. I swear I only just started working here. Like I'm gonna let a rolled ankle stop me for that long. Well, okay. I don't relish in the thought of being chased out again, and I'm well aware the slowest hiker is usually the bear bait. I just wanted someone to talk to. We still can't chat with the outside world for now while we collect more info, and it's not like I had a ton of people to be chatting with anyways. So, mind if I sit for a bit? I'd understand if it's past Grandpa's bedtime, though. <sighs> Grandpa was struggling to sleep tonight. Something about dreams of getting hunted and devoured in the middle of the night by who knows what. But yes, come in. Get off your feet for a bit, at least. Yeah, I guess that would do it. Don't worry, the nihilism will set in and you won't be worried about a little thing like death. Oh my god. Are you really playing classical music in here? <laughs> I, I I know that was a close call, but this feels like a visitation. Do you want Book Thief on the tombstone? I just think classical is calming. It helped the first time I went to the breach, and it isn't failing me this time, either. Mrs. Dawson actually suggested it, to be honest. She said Chopin always calmed her down, and she's been nothing but lovely. Oh, she's a treat, isn't she? Okay, I can't blame you for that now. I refuse to question June on anything. She feels like she knows what she's talking about more than anyone else at Vincula. And boy, she's got some ghost stories. I've been less excited about those. Oh, do you want anything? I've got some tea, coffee, if you're interested. Ugh, I so want some caffeine right about now, but... <sighs> Jay said I'd get better sooner if I laid off for a while. Maybe some decaf? You dare utter that word in my presence. Uh... Sorry, sorry, uh, only joking. I have a little decaf left. I didn't throw away the decaf that came with the apartment. I guess you have to stay pretty wired all the time too, huh? Can't imagine why. Books look like they make such riveting company. Lately, they've certainly been all the rage. Yeah. Honestly, that book we grabbed today, I hope I get to find out what's inside. Sure, biology and nature are always going to be my strong suit, but... Our mystery natives might have left some descriptions of local flora and fauna, not to mention just the sociological impact of such a discovery. <laughs> I'm still trying to grapple with all of my thoughts. That entity in the tomb today, there's no way that was a homo sapien, or any kind of human at all. I've had to think hard about it, trying to recall its details. I know there were some odd appendages... What could be your arms or legs? Only absolutely not arms or legs. Again, definitely not human ones. I can picture how that creature might work, you know? There was definitely a, a tapering off at the limbs that might indicate that they could be for grasping, for, for doing labor, and holding tools. A, a bit like an octopus, almost? <gasps> like a starfish. Yes, 
that's what I've been trying to come up with. Its body was a bit like a big, earthbound starfish. How the limbs were just kind of splayed out. And there were five distinct limbs, too. But the one at the head of the sarcophagus was much shorter and stubbier. <laughs> Did you think it was a human head like me? Absolutely. I thought for sure a skeletal head was looking back up at me for a moment. But then I saw the rest of its body. And then it was all just smooth, pale skin and ropey limbs, right? Little whip-like things. What I really can't figure out, though, is how was it still alive? You said there might be rituals like that in human cultures? Yes, uh, to name one. The Egyptians, very early in their history, practiced burying the pharaoh's servants with the pharaoh when he died. The servants would get a nice club on the head and be mummified to be taken to the afterlife, so that pharaoh would be kept company. The practice was abolished pretty early on during their dynastic era, considered too barbaric, so the pharaoh just got nice figurines of his servants instead. <laughs> Hopefully the gods were okay with the substitution. Oh, thanks. Usually, though, in other cultures, live burial might have been used as an execution method, a punishment, or maybe an offering to a deity. So then, did we foil an attempt at murder? Or was it the murderer we helped save, more or less? Ugh. But there's something about the whole thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because everything about that tomb screamed how old it was. Exactly. Everything looked so weather-worn and just ancient. That sarcophagus was covered in moss and lichen. Given how much attention you could see spent on the structure itself, super unlikely it's been moved in a long time. So are they just reusing that old tomb to kill or seal things up? Or was that thing in the sarcophagus just really old? Upon reflection... I think I've had a worse thought. Oh, joy. Do tell. It's possible the creature we discovered inside isn't very strong, but it still didn't take too much effort for us to move the lid. Without more information, I'm hesitant to make any solid conclusions, but I feel like if it really wanted to get out, like if it really wanted to live, with a bit of manic effort, it could have gotten out. Instead, it was just kind of coiling around inside. Contented to do so, perhaps? You noticed it didn't even really try to get out of the sarcophagus once we opened it, either. Didn't even flinch when we grabbed the book off its arm, and the bandage holding the book to the creature was clearly quite old as well. So perhaps it was already too debilitated to recognize it was being freed? And how did nothing else get up there to eat it anyway? There's plenty of activity going on in the breach forest, that's quite clear. And on top of all this, we realized where it was buried. Not in a refuse heap, or just anywhere in the ground, but at the pinnacle of a large structure, the only one to be seen in the vicinity, standing the test of what certainly appears to be a substantial amount of time, a place of honor, or worship. Oh. We might have been toying around with the local deity, or messed with its holy offering. And stole a religious text as well. <laughs> Hell, the native book police might actually be coming after all, with not-so-metaphorical pitchforks and torches. <sighs> More or less, I've had the same thought. 
Hopefully my impetuous decision hasn't immediately doomed any attempts at diplomacy. Mankind has a long history of botching first contact, and I'd hate to have added to the pile of sad tales. I was certainly too eager to get a hold of the book, though, and never dreamed that what might be buried was anything other than human. Hey, that fault can hardly be yours alone. You looked right at me and I said go for it. I was just trying to help the poor bastard. I didn't care if it was human, sentient, animal. The thought of being buried alive was enough to give me the willies, and to want to give it a chance, at least. The thought of anyone doing something so heinous as live burial. We did swipe the book. That part was definitely me thinking too quickly. I was still operating under the foregone conclusion it was a tortured animal at that point, and when I saw it had that book wrapped on its arm, I, I just wanted to get it off of there. It looked like a cruel thing to do, to have something wrapped so tightly onto it. But it certainly behaved oddly after that. I still wonder if there are humans somewhere out there that did that, bound, buried, and drugged it, or if there are more of its kind living in a civilization out there. Was it sentient? Nothing about it screamed sentience. I mean, it didn't say much at all, but duh, since we are considering this to be a completely new life form, of course its form of communication might be totally different from what we'd expect. Nothing says it has to talk with a mouth to be sentient, but I made a snap judgment too. Too many assumptions in place in my mind. I'm still so grounded in thinking this is a place on Earth. But it's becoming way more clear it's not, isn't it? Let's be real, we're dealing with, at best, unknown and uncharted territory, inexplicably in our sphere. Or, it's not remotely near Earth at all. And now? I can't help but feel... inadequate. Like, come on! If we're documenting all new species and an all new world to boot, I just want to be part of this so badly. But I'm very certain I'm going to hear about getting canned first thing tomorrow. I'm surprised they haven't already given me the boot. Other than this boot here. Your worried vincula won't take kindly to our actions today? I don't give a damn what Vincula thinks. I'd rather rough it in the breach than need Vincula for anything. Although, it does seem like staying in the breach is a really bad idea. But I've never let bad ideas stop me before. Well, I wouldn't be too sure about you getting fired so soon anyway. You should have seen the look on Miss Vo's face when I finished my debrief and got the book settled into the archival lab. I swear the woman was almost happy... A truly horrifying thought, I know. I thought she'd be furious that we'd well and truly messed up. A specific ban on native interaction and we break in like bulls in a china shop and then start swiping things. But when I put the book away, I swear she was trying to hide a smile and then rushed off to report to Mr. Richardson our findings. I could have been misinterpreting and we both might still be on our way out for all I know. But I got a very different feeling from Miss Vo than anger or resignation, for sure. That? That is scary. Either 
we're the scapegoats, and they've got a perfect out if this really is botched. Or interference was always the plan. I don't like either thought. So, I guess we should really address the elephant in the room. Or the invisible something in the room. In the breach. <sighs> Whatever, you get what I mean. You said they hit you with the same line of questioning. Wanting to know if you were okay with the supernatural or paranormal phenomena, I think that's what they used. I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess you said yes, or something to that effect. To my... Rapidly growing daily dismay, I did indeed. Okay, so, I haven't gotten around to everyone yet. I still gotta get around to Greg, Jay, basically most of the security team. Oh, and I didn't ask Elizabeth, but I kind of assumed it with her being a cryptozoologist. That's fair, right? But everyone else so far has said they all got asked the same question, and also said yes in some form or other. Even June said so. But I mean, then she hit me with a ghost story, and I could believe it about her, I guess. She seemed so much more sensible than us crackpots. But Vincula targeted skeptics. I'm guessing they were more or less aware this was going to get weird. Like, alright, you ask people to have a broad mind when dealing with the breach. Sure, it's spooky, dark, and defies physics. We've been over that, and I've seen that with my own eyes. It's incredibly unlikely at this stage to just be a trick, either. It works. Somehow, some way. It spins around and deposits you right back at the beginning. But then you add a little stone and a little salt water on this spooky little shelf partway through, and bam, now you're on a different world. But they didn't know that before you figured out the translation, did they? Frankly, I have no idea what they did or didn't know before now, or even up until now. I'm starting to realize something, though. I was here for a while before y'all, before the rest of my fellow breachers <laughs> showed up, but only a little over two weeks in total now. My translation is far from complete on our mystery book, and I was compelled to perform the little exploration mission wherein I discovered, to my horror that the breach now leads someplace else. My work continues, and I'm now, regrettably, attached to a bunch of yahoos with varying degrees of death wishes. <laughs> That's really all I have. Greg was fishing for more information, and any answers as well. But I have nothing. I'm as much in the dark, and ultimately, simply here for the chance of discovery, and the salary, as much as anyone I've spoken to thus far. Everyone just kind of assumes since you've got a little seniority and can do a little reading, you must have all the answers, huh? Well, you caught me there. I definitely was hoping to pick your brain a little and find some things out myself. But I believe you, I think. You don't have remotely the same vibe as Miss Vo, for sure. Ooh. Uh, well, I guess I should be grateful for the little joys in life. My vibe is at least not, you might be worth five minutes of my time, maybe. Don't be too quick to assume that. I wasn't sure you'd invite me in, showing up at your door unannounced at the end of the day like this. 
I don't call you Grandpa just because you dress like you're headed to the breakfast diner for the senior discounts. You've been a touch crotchety since I walked in your office door today, Silas. <sighs> Sorry. I have no one to blame for that other than myself. Oh, wait. Miss Vo. Definitely Miss Vo. I already did my whining about being invited along on this expedition, though, and I was serious about being excited about it, finally. Despite the... Despite the unknown horrors still lurking about out there? Ah, uh, I take it you didn't get a good look at them either? Not at all. Easy to imagine a wolf creature, given the sound and especially their strategy. They chose their attack timing quite purposely, as the sun set, but didn't wait for total darkness. We might have made our way back home before then. There was a cunning to it all. They surrounded us so fast, and all I saw were some reflections of light in the darkness as we ran. Looked like little mirrors sometimes, peeking out of the night at me. But every time I tried to focus on one with my flashlight, it darted away. I only got the vaguest idea of something furry and dog-like shooting between the redwood roots. Definitely was running crouched or on all fours, low to the ground, but that's all I've got. Ugh. Sad to say, I was a little distracted trying to be a good mother hen and getting all my little chickadees out in one piece. On that we agreed. Greg said get everyone out, so out is where everyone got. Yeah, thanks for that, by the way. I'm not even going to try and pull some I totally had that BS might not have been entirely necessary given there were other people there to help out and you looked like you were having a hard time running as it was. But you stopped all the same. I guess that's why I trust you at your word about what you know and don't know about Vincula so far. You seem like a decent guy at the very least. It's going to be hard finding friendly faces here at Vincula, it seems. I guess the Breacher's got to stick up for themselves. It's nice knowing I'm not going to get left for shadow wolf bait so easily, at least. It was what anyone would do, I'd hope, really. If anything, please consider it as nothing more than a down payment on needing the favor returned, inevitably. As much as I might protest, I am not cut out for this. And I know it's bound to be me tripping or getting injured one of these days. Aha! Does that mean you'll be joining us again after all? I kind of thought if we didn't get terminated you'd be quitting on your own. That was nothing short of the scariest encounter I've ever had, and I consider myself at least moderately seasoned at dealing with dangerous critters. No, I... If Vincula will have me, I'll keep going. I know it's the turnaround, and it might be a bit selfish now, knowing that maybe I am inadequate for this whole thing. But I don't think I could bear the thought of just giving up now. I was content with my books before, to be sure, and linguists don't get to go on adventures, except in ridiculous movies. And I was quite happy not having howls and bird shrieks and loud chasing thumps in my dreams. But along rolls this opportunity. It's uncomfortable, hot, and exhausting at best, and dangerously fatal at worst. But the breach is so alluring. It's vividly beautiful. I've never seen untouched wilderness like it before. Trees taller than all the buildings in my hometown. That blood-red sun dipping below the horizon from the top of the ziggurat. Seeing Elizabeth be so excited about bird spotting. So, sorry, 
You're going to have to drag my dead carcass out one day, but I'm here to stay. <laughs> you almost sounded happy there for a sec. So fatalistic in the end, though. Guess I'll have to get used to that. We'll have to see what Vincula thinks in the morning, if they're thinking at all over in management land. Still feel like there might be hell to pay, but I've got enough hell for all the motherfuckers that want it. I should turn in. If Jay catches me wandering around, he might be the last nail in the coffin for me. Best behavior time. Never been good at that. Greg told me he'd give us a rundown soon, a day or two, based on some additional recon his team was doing. And if I am still on the payroll and in charge of the expedition, we'll be going back in as soon as possible. See you around, fellow book thief. See you at the burning at the stake for possession of stolen texts. Misery does love some company. Try to actually get some rest, though. Enlightening and encouraging. Oh, wait. I started my recording before Cassius walked in and forgot all about it. April 13th, translation work report for Miss Vo. This segment appears to conclude the next part of the tale, although I'm having trouble determining where the story starts and stops. The chapter structure is hard to follow at times, and it's not clear if this is the work of a single author over a long period of time, or multiple authors over several generations. I have yet to establish a reference point historically for the events detailed thus far, although recent discoveries here at Vincula now give me reason to believe... We cannot remain here. Hamau. Strangers. Invaders. The Hamau stalk our streets, beckoning the unaware to them. We plug our ears against the cords carried on the breeze. We cannot trust anyone outside this small group. This lone house now. We are an island amidst familiar faces seeking to harm us. To devour us. Fear is thick in the air. What if we are already infiltrated? What if we are Hamaru already? How can we know, and how can we stop it? We must flee. Flee this haunted place. We must cross over once more. Preparations are being made for the ceremony of Nabokutu. Translator's note. This word has a number of usages in Akkadian but is placed here with this crossing over. Hmm. I have a hunch about this, but let's see how this passage plays out. Resuming translation. Our senses are sealed away, save for our leader, who will pick his way to the Pilsu under cover of night. The Pilsu. The hole. Our way out. Interesting. As we yearned for this land, we now yearn for another, and make our offerings to... Translator's note. I'll be doing some more cross-referencing in attempts at sort of untranslating what might be a typo or corruption of the Akkadian script here, but I'm fairly certain I've not seen this symbology before. The symbol here is much larger, 
and utterly unlike the rest of the script's hand. And what's more, it's repeated exactly in the unknown language at the back of the book. The symbol seems to carry greater meaning, or perhaps it's like a proper noun? Something the language Isla didn't have a translation for in Akkadian. So the author simply took the lazy route and put it in both places, expecting the reader to know what it meant, or you know, really all I have is conjecture past this point. I will leave a note with this work log for this particular symbol I have no name or other reference for thus far. Given the context of offerings being made, however, I find it not far-fetched to assume this is probably the sigil of a, a deity or some protective power. <clears throat> Resuming translation. The Pilsu swallows us up. Our yearning is rewarded. Another stone is placed in our care. Another Pilsu opens wide. Already this land reeks of corruption. And once again, we are strangers. Hmm. Very interesting indeed. Joining me again today. As y'all might be aware, the security team has been making a few more forays out into the breach while Cassius has been healing up. We've been trying to get a handle on how the day and night cycle works, the limits of what kind of technology works and doesn't work, and especially any kind of grasp on how dangerous the other floor and fauna might be. Oh, all this on top of the ever mysterious question of where the hell the breach world is in the universe. It's pretty clear we aren't going to get any kind of satellite signals now, and given that it appears to be summertime over yonder, it's unlikely to be any of a handful of locations we've marked on Earth as having low satellite coverage. On top of the bunch of animals we've already spotted since our first incursion, which have not been seen before, so Elizabeth tells me. But let's have Alex explain our time zone problem. Alex? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Pretty obvious by now, the days and nights don't line up with our current day and night schedule, but it's at least consistent from the few days worth of data Greg and company were able to collect. Not sure if anything particularly interesting outside of being eaten happens at night, though, since any equipment left behind at night is always torn apart! <laughs> I had been hoping for constellation data, any kind of celestial bodies other than the sun that might help me find out anything about good old Breachland. <sighs> Nothing so far on that end, and it looks like we won't be hanging out at night anyway. I'm sure everyone remembers how close we came to being munched on. That said, the days are long, starting around 2.30pm local time with dawn, and dusk, arriving shortly after 9am the following day in local time. Our last trip cut it real close with only about 30 minutes to spare before total nightfall, so we gotta start going later in the day. Whatever those things are, hanging out at night, they've torn apart the toughest stuff I've thrown in there, so it looks like night visits are strictly out. Yeah, I'm gonna second that notion. I'm in no mood to use any more force than is necessary on the best of days, and whatever is loose at night can stay there in peace. Which brings me to my second major point, our objective and parameters in the breach. This isn't a hunting expedition, and while my security team is armed, 
Vincula has made clear their expectation is this. We are there to observe and collect traces of specimens for sampling in a manner which doesn't disturb the ecosystem to the best of our ability. But here's expedition lead Cassius with more on that. That's right, the boss is talking now, so listen up. Through the gracious funding of our dear partners at Vincula, we are afforded an opportunity to be the first to explore the world beyond the breach and document its inhabitants for further scientific study. There are no plans for things like live capture, but if we can collect discarded fur samples, droppings, the odd corpse or two, etc., we are permitted to bring those back for further study with the lab teams here. We'll be collecting primarily pictographic or sketched evidence otherwise, and studying the behaviors of the creatures and the natural ecosystem contained within the breach. I'm entrusting Elizabeth here with spearheading the taxonomical efforts of our team. Yay! Looks like we will be getting to name lots of new species, if we can keep from being eaten. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that point up. I hesitated too much on our last journey out, and in my excitement to learn more about Specimen 1, I needlessly endangered the team. But thanks to everyone's efforts and hustling there at the end, we managed to get out with nothing worse than a banged up ankle. Still... I'm sorry it was even a close call. <clears throat> Rest assured that between our continuous stream of data from Alex regarding our surroundings and the expertise of our security team, along with Vincula's scrupulous safety measures, our continued trips to the breach shouldn't present mortal danger to anyone. Although this is a great time to remind everyone that we did sign up for dangerous scientific work, and Vincula assumes no responsibility directly for bodily injury or death which may occur. Wow, that almost didn't sound like it was read right off Miss Vo's email. Wonderful, Cassius. I'm so pleased to see you adopting the measures necessary to keep our science team safe in the future. I'm also pleased to inform you all that this discovery has caused no small amount of interest from the greater scientific community. Although, Due to the nature of the breach and its implications, we are maintaining the communications blackout at the behest of government authorities. There are protocols in place for the discovery of species outside our current understanding, and those are being followed, so you may notice it is impossible to hear any outside news or contact anyone outside Vincula on your own. This is being done with the greater good of the nation and the world at heart, you must understand. And that you may still contact relatives and friends through letters or emails passed to me for censoring. I know that may sound intimidating, but I will be passing these items along to proper authorities to ensure compliance with government regulations. And I urge you all to comply with any government request for censure placed on you temporarily, so that we may continue to be the primary explorers and caretakers of the breach. Now. We have some paperwork to go through, and I need some signatures before we hear from Cassius about future journeys. I brought y'all some refreshments. Here you go, sweetheart. Silas, I have yours right here, darling. Greg? Why, thank you, June. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Dawson. That's perfect. So glad I thought to bring some single-player games with me. 
doesn't this response seem a bit extreme, Alex? I mean, I understand the idea, perhaps no panic or rush decisions, but we're effectively cut off from the world now. Hmm? <laughs> eh, it's nothing too big. Though I did grow up in a military family, guess I'm used to the government being a bit weird about stuff like this and going through a world-ending alarm or two. You know, where they cut the base off from the rest of the world. You just kind of get used to it. <laughs> kind of cool we'll be famous after all this blows over, though. You'll see. It'll all pan out in the end. I am a wretched pessimist castaway, lost on an island of cheerful dreamers. Hey, quit chit-chatting back there. Get your papers signed. We're finally headed back out there as soon as this is over. Aye, aye, Captain. What do we have here? What are you doing with my recorder? This is Silas Caldwell reporting to you live from the breach on behalf of Vincula. Calm weather today, though I'm predicting nothing but a shitstorm when they find out I can make recordings on the sly without their knowledge. Cassius, could, could you please keep your voice down? And here I thought you were going to end up being nothing but a company bootlicker. But here you are. Arming the people with knowledge about the breach, Silas. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. You think I, of all people, am going to snitch on you? This is a really good idea, actually. After that ass-kissing session earlier, this act of rebellion is nothing short of sweet relief. And I think it's great you're getting some kind of record of our shenanigans here. I, frankly, don't trust Vincula any further than I could toss their corporate collective self. And I don't want these little ventures getting swept away when it's over, either. Not sure how they'd pull it off, but hey, let's stick it to the man where we can. <sighs> Not my brightest idea ever. But I figured an audio recording would be much easier to hide. Video recording would be too obvious, and I had no idea how to hide a camera with a view of anything in the first place. But I can put a mic just about anywhere. Including in your apartment to make personal notes and to snoop on unsuspecting guests? So scandalous. I'm sorry. I, I told you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to record you at that moment. I was getting ready to... <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You already apologized and explained and showed me the recorder. Jeez, you're so high-strung. But maybe a little of that decaf wouldn't be a bad idea for you? Hmm? Oops. I said the bad word again. But no. Seriously, thank you. This could be valuable for later recollecting, and I'm glad you trusted me with the burden of knowing what you were doing. Trust me, your secret's safe with me. You can't upload these recordings anyway, so I can always say these are for our data collections out in the breach. Although, they'll obviously still be expecting recordings for Miss Vo to pass on, so you better keep working on those too. That is the plan, given how otherwise generally useless I am on these trips. Well, let's see if we can remedy that and get some more info about our friend at the top of this ziggurat. Hope nothing's happened to him while we were out for a few days. All clear. All clear. Come on, that's our cue. Up to the top we go. All right. Here we go, Silas. <sighs> Workout time.
few more of those and we'll have you on a magazine cover yet, Silas. <sighs> that or an obituary. Can you die from climbing too many steps? Ah, <sighs> uh, shit. What's up? It's gone. I don't see it in the sarcophagus or anywhere else. Yeah, it's gone. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, for the love of... Well, what's the plan now? Too much to hope he might have just accidentally slithered nearby. <sighs> yeah, probably. Guess we... Hey, look here! There's some shiny-looking scales here. Yeah, these look like reptile scales. Long and lightweight. Ooh, and colorful, too! They reflect the light in a really pretty way. It's got the right structure to be scales. I'd wager these are keratin by how they feel. I'm gonna collect a few to take back. There's a handful of them at the entrance to this dome here. Might be related to the disappearance of our wiggly friend. Oh, that's rich. Just what I need. It would be something like a dinosaur coming up here and eating the poor guy. Although, these are odd if they're from a lizard. Bird, maybe? Haven't seen scaled birds yet, but it's far from the craziest thing we can hypothesize so far. The structure is right for it, though. They're streamlined and super light. Pretty small, too. Hmm. Look, this big one here is barely as long as my thumbnail. Given how high up we are, it's plausible a large scaled bird may have decided to make a meal out of specimen one in the relative safety of the Ziggurat cap here. I shudder to think how big our new scaly mystery creature might be. Though, if that was the case... <sighs> terrifying. But oh, so thrilling. I wonder what it looks like. Where does it live? Up in the treetops? That's so high, though! Up to us to find out, and to see if we can find out the fate of this thing in the tomb. We're gonna sweep the area around this ziggurat. We've got a lot of daytime to burn now and we might as well get more familiar with our surroundings while we search. I'd like to get a lay of the land and see if we can find Specimen 1 or its remains. You got it. Back down we go. Time to do some hiking. Remember, keep the direction of the breach in your mind at all times. Orient yourself from the ziggurat if you need. It's a left from the stairs, roughly, and keep an eye out for the reflective waypoints we've placed leading from this structure to the breach. Let me just grab some photos of the sarcophagus text, please, and I'll be ready to go. Sure, sure. Hurry it up. Anything to take a breather for a moment. Oh, let me turn this off now, conserve some battery and memory. Silas Caldwell, breach report for Vincula. Those sounds you're hearing are coming just ahead of the science team. We had adopted a spiral search pattern outwards from the ziggurat, searching for specimen one, and stumbled upon a new creature. Just out in front of me, there are small creatures resembling rabbits hopping in and out of holes in the ground. I've counted at least a dozen different creatures, and probably will count a dozen more. They're quite energetically going to and fro from their warren, it seems. They're small, less than half a meter in length, by my guess, colors in the brown and gray range and they sport a single horn on the top of their heads. Looks very reminiscent of a deer's antler, although it appears to be only a single point. Some are curved, some are straight, 
and only a few centimeters long. Some of the little fellows are digging or sparring with the horns. It looks like they're playing. Can't tell without a specimen, obviously, but there appears to be a difference in the male and female varieties here. Some of the creatures have pronounced horns and are much larger than the others. I'd guess those are the bucks, to use rabbit terminology. Oh, hi. This is Cassius, by the way. What's up, Miss Vo? We're maintaining distance from them for now and getting some data to take back. We'll be skirting wide around this warren after we've made a few observations. Oh my god! They are so cute! They look a bit like European rabbits, as opposed to cottontails. Their back is arched and they've got really thick fur coats, especially for this weather. And those beady little eyes. Looks like they developed bigger neck muscles to support the horn. Especially on the bigger fellas. Look at this one. He's huge! The horn has to be at least the length of my palm. Alright, I've got what I need. Sightseeing's over for now. We may try to come back here and collect more closer to noon. And hopefully they're less active like rabbits usually are. Time to mosey on out of here. Thankfully I am the soul of stealth. Uh-oh. Greg, you scared him off! Nice one. You know, it's shocking you didn't get picked up for more stealth assignments. Hey, that stick jumped out and bit me. You all saw it. Cassius, get over here and analyze this stick. It's got anomalous properties and the power of teleportation. Watch out! Ah. Whoa, Greg. Are you alright? Yeah. Most of my pride getting stabbed there. Probably needed a little deflating. What? What happened? One of the bugs took exception to Greg's presence and rammed straight into his boot. Wow! He actually managed to pierce... Oh, you're bleeding! Little bastard managed to give me a little poke. Jay, give me some of your gauze there. I'll patch this up and make it the rest of the day just fine. Yay! Vincula's cheap, so no painkillers for you. I got a stick you can bite on while I get this boot off if you want. I kept telling people I was surrounded by little pricks all day. Kidding, obviously. (laughs) (sighs) I have to deal with dad jokes, too? Oh, take me, Breach King. Take me now. Official request to stop referring to Specimen 1 as the Breach King now and forevermore. Denied. Alas, so soon I must turn to mutiny. Our expedition lead is terrible at names and must be removed immediately. Uh, Oh, by the way... Specimen 1 was named by Vincula, pending more studies and samples of its species, if any. But now we've encountered another specimen. Guess we should start coming up with names? I'd be happy to help. Oh, you think because you're a wordsmith, you're getting to name all the animals, huh? This look like the Garden of Eden to you, Adam? I guess it could be Eden, actually, upon reflection. God? You there? No, I just wanted to offer my help, that's all. Obviously, I don't want to hog all the names just because I'm a linguist. (laughs) Hope you speak Latin. Taxonomy loves Latin. Good old binomial nomenclature. I am, in fact, uh, quite familiar with Latin as well. Oh, I see your game. To be fair, I was going to call these guys a unilope. Like jackalope, you know, but one horn. All right, might be best to outsource on this one. How does Greg Piercer sound in Latin? (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, hearty har. That's a good one. Hmm. Pierce. 
Maybe javelin for this one. Pylum? No, that's the spear. Pierces Terrabrer, I think. Gregorius Terrabrer. Respectfully requesting for this to be denied. Technically, we'd want the genus name first, and then the common name it might be known by. Yeah, we'll have to workshop it. On appearance alone, it'd be easy to put these guys in the rabbit genus. Ooh, Ritiligus! That's the one. There we go. All patched up? Yeah, I could walk on that. At least got it disinfected. But it'll take more than one Greg piercer to keep me down. Shit! <laughs> you, oh my, oh my god, you should have seen your face. <laughs> Alex, please, please tell me you saw that. Oh, I saw, I saw just a little wabbit, Greg. <laughs> yeah, poor Greg. I think the bucks are fixing bayonets. Little bastard's trying to square up on me again. Swear to God, I'll punt little fuzzball in the next week. What the hell is that? Stay together! Group up here! Stay close to me, everybody, come on! Group up! Fred, you see anything? I can't see a fucking thing! The trees are shaking and nobody's at them! Goddamn invisible bastards! Just stay close. Don't back down, don't run, don't split up. Show no fear. What was that all about? Oh, that was so scary. Uh, Cassius? Did that sound ape-like to you as well? <gasps> Fuck yeah, it did. It's real, baby. I knew it was real. I swore I wasn't hearing stuff that night. What made them run away like that, though? I still can't see anything. What is that? Almost looks like a kite. Triangular silhouette. That looks like a good candidate for our specimen thief. He's way up there, though. Over the tops of the trees. Damn, and it's gone now. Did that scare them away? It's... It looked quite nice. Yeah. All... Sparkly and rainbowy. Silas? Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share like 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. Cassius Thatcher is played by Beth Fung. Elizabeth Bellinger is played by Morgie B. Alex Yard is played by Jules Christine. June Dawson is played by Renee Helsel. Greg Washburn is played by Cody Burke. Jeremiah Woods is played by Eldrin Smith. Miss Evelyn Vaux is played by Kyla Crockett. Additional voices and sounds provided by Gage Odom. Listen to other episodes, find our social media links, and make donations by visiting SyntaxPodcast.com. Rate us on iTunes and Google Podcast, and follow us on Spotify. 
tweet us at TwinStrangersP with your burning questions and engage with fellow listeners on our subreddit, r slash syntaxpod. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.